the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's podcast, sponsored by Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale at Hillsdale.edu. I encourage you to take advantage of the many free online courses there. And, of course, to listen to the Hillsdale Dialogues, all of them at Q for Hillsdale.com, or just Google Apple, iTunes, and Hillsdale. Morning, Lori, America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. Hugh Hewitt live from Studio North. It's a dangerous world, America. We've got to be standing back to back and not in each other's face. If you have not followed Kim Jong-un's visit to Russia, you ought to have. And they, the axis of evil is getting a facelift. Putin needs ammunition from whatever Korea makes, North Korea makes. And those two guys are about the evilest people in the world. I mean, there are other evil people in the world, but they're they're the tie. They win the tie. And we've just got to realize, and if something drives it home, it's yesterday's attack by Ukraine on Sevastopol Navy base for the Russian Navy. Now, Sevastopol belongs to Ukraine. It was seized by Russia in 2014 when President Obama did nothing. And it's long been Russia's Black Sea port. And yesterday, Ukraine used some long-range missiles and some drones to blow up a submarine or another ship in dry dock. And it's one of Russia's diesel subs. It's a big deal. Uh, and what it ought to drive home is that we are seeing a glimpse of what the next war is going to look like. It's not going to be the invasion of Afghanistan. It's not going to be the invasion of Iraq. It's what's going on in Ukraine, which is from out of nowhere comes a missile. That's the future. And... It's a very dangerous world, and the bad guys are getting worse, and the good guys cannot get it together, and Americans are divided. They'd much rather be in each other's faces than have each other's back. Very unfortunate. Libya is a nightmare. The flood that struck Libya, more than 5,000 are dead, 10,000 are missing. So we, we just don't, we don't know. And I have nothing to recommend to you. I don't, I don't actually believe, other than supervised government aid, we'll get anywhere to the people who need it. And I'm not in a position, <clears throat> I don't think the Red Cross or the Salvation Army, I don't think anyone can help because it's a civil war. And that's another thing that President Obama led from behind on. And it's a nightmare. Inflation sped up as gas prices rose and oil continued its march north. Uh, let me do the market report early. Brought to you by Birch Gold, because markets figure a lot in what's going on. Fuel prices are soaring. Who is feeling the pinch, asked the Wall Street Journal. Well, I know who's feeling the pinch. Everybody, every single person out there is feeling the pinch. Yesterday, the Dow was off uh, 70 points. Now, the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 eked up a win. Amazon, for whatever it looked, I, I own two stocks, Amazon and Palantir. Palantir, because Teal started it, and I figure he's a genius and it'll win someday. And Amazon, simply because I like to follow one stock. I used to own Apple for many, many years, and I got I dumped Apple because they're too they're in bed with the Chinese. So I dumped Apple, and I got Amazon. And Amazon happens to be benefiting from the artificial intelligence. They're actually pretty good at it. And I see yesterday they released a new AI product. And so they went up uh, 2.56%. I mean, this week has been nuts. This year has been nuts for Amazon. 
but they are the outliers. Unless you own AI stocks, you're just you've been watching the market drift around a little bit. Ten-year Treasury went to four point two six four, and the cost of gold stayed low at one thousand nine hundred and twenty-seven dollars an ounce. Now, I've always said my financial advice is worth nothing, but I suspect your financial advisors will tell you to diversify your portfolio. I wouldn't be surprised if they say yeah, 5% in precious metals and or dirt unrelated to your house, things that cannot go away, things that can't disappear. If you're going to do some gold or, or silver or something else, use birch gold. You can buy it for the strike price plus a premium and they, you figure out that what it is, you call them up, or go to hugold.com or text my name, you to 989898. If you're thinking long-term and you want some of your long-term retirement money in an IRA or 401k, you need a third-party independent intermediary to administer that, and that would be Birch Gold. That's what they do. They'll send you the free information kit. I, I believe that we're in for a rough market, uh, except for the AI stuff. I'm not selling anything. I never sell anything. I don't, I don't speculate or trade. I, I just think that's that's just dumb. Unless it's your job, unless it's what you do. You can't beat David Bonson or some of the other people like Richard Botkin or Jamie Bush, my friends in the world of finance. You just can't beat them. Why, why would you? That's all they do all day long. They're not radio talk show hosts, and I'm not finance guys. Uh, news yesterday, um, Mitt Romney is going to retire from the United States Senate at the end of his term. Uh, Washington, D.C. will miss Senator Romney. He's really one of the most decent men I've ever met and a brilliant man. I've met a few geniuses in my life. Richard Nixon, Chief Justice Roberts, and I count Mitt Romney among them. And he just knows everything. I remember Tag Romney telling me when I was doing a book on Mitt Romney in 2006 that the frustrating thing about his father is he could never tell him something he didn't already know. And Romney would have made a great president. And I cannot believe the number of people who stabbed him in the back in 2012 when he was a nominee. Democrats, people like Harry Reid, uh, staffers are, oh, too bad about Mitt Romney is leaving. They knifed the guy when they said he didn't pay his taxes. And I, I don't forget stuff like that. The, the governor, and I call him the governor because I first got to know him that way. And I, I helped him on his campaign book. You know, I ghosted for him now and then. I would review remarks. He never actually wrote everything himself. I just edited, edited, edited. And he's really a wonderful human being. I suspect the LDS Church is calling him back to a role I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the Quorum of Twelve or one of the other organizational structures that the the church uses or running BYU. Uh, That would be an amazing capstone. Wonderful guy, wonderful family. He'll be missed. That immediately saw who's going to run, who's going to run. Well, Ambassador Robert C. O'Brien should run. We could use another navalist and a national security expert in the Congress. Jason Chaffetz might run. Either of those two would clear the field and win. Uh, I, I just believe that We need serious people with some experience in the Senate from Utah. So we'll follow that. Ambassador O'Brien's on my list of six as a vice presidential candidate for President Trump, should he secure a renomination as the Republican nominee. The former president needs either somebody he can trust with chops on national security. That's Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, National Security Advisor, Ambassador Robert O'Brien. O'Brien brings along the additional lift of being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is the last demographic that really matters. It matters in Arizona and Nevada, two swing states with significant LDS populations, and they they would like that if Robert O'Brien were on the ticket. I also think Nikki Haley and Tim Scott are obviously in the running, and they're obviously qualified, but I do not believe in demographic 
features moving many voters. Hillary Clinton is exhibit number one, right? So, oh, it was time for a woman? No, it wasn't. And I'm not sure that Senator Scott is other than a great man and a wonderful man and a, a, a guy to go after. But, you know, the vice president candidate, the number one job is that you attack, attack, attack. Every morning you get up and have attackies for breakfast and then you start attacking and you have attackies for lunch and attackies for dinner and you attack, attack, attack. And I'm not sure Senator Scott would be comfortable doing that, but boy, he could do it. And then my two dark horses are Senator Tom Cotton and Congressman Mike Gallagher, because we need a generational shift in American politics. And those two gentlemen are combat veterans and they know how to take the case to the other side. And they are also very comfortable in all new media. Uh, Mike Gallagher has the advantage of being a congressman from a swing state where Wisconsin voted for Trump in the past, might come back, you put a Wisconsin guy on the ticket, might happen. Senator Cotton has the advantage of being absolutely known to the American people. Uh, Congressman Gallagher is getting there because of the Select Committee on China, which he chairs, but we'll see. Guess who law? Oh, Joe Manchin is doing Hamlet. I'm not interested in that. He's going to lose whatever he decides to do. He ought to do it gracefully. Announce a retirement, throw your support to uh, Governor Justice, who's going to be the next senator from West Virginia, and get your lobbying practice set up. The D.C. Circuit blocked uh, Javert, America's Javert, Jack Smith, from seizing a congressman's phone, ruling at the D.C. Circuit that a congressman's phone is like a congressman's office. It falls under the, the privilege extended by the Constitution. Good for them. Another judge smacked down Luan Grisham, the governor who went out of control in New Mexico and decided to spend the Constitution. A papal envoy is headed to China. That's not going to end well. Pope Francis doesn't know anything about communists. He only knows about socialists and Argentinians, and he hates America. We already have had the Catholic Church co-opted in China. They signed a terrible deal. Now we're sending another envoy there to give away more. Meanwhile, the Telegraph tells us that China's Great Wall of Debt is driving an unsustainable increase in borrowing. Boy, the Chinese economy is in trouble. Financial Times, why Rishi Sunak and his believers uh, and allies think that re-election is not a lost cause. It's not. John Major came back in 1992 from the dead. Oh, the Washington Post is going after Ron DeSantis for buying on private airplanes. Non-story. Spectacular Marble Cube rises at ground zero. This is the first architecture story I've ever read. And I'll tell you, really, I'm not Mr. Architecture. Is it square? I got to get ready for the hurricane. The hurricane is kind of getting a little bit close up here. Yeah, I got to talk to Fat Nine. Yeah, Fat Nine went down to the dock uh, because yeah, it may come here, but it's probably going to go a little bit more. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. Code Red is the latest in the Vince Flynn Mitch Rap series. This one authored by Kyle Mills, who's done the last ten, and this is Kyle Mills at his best. The new Mitch Rapp thriller is being hailed by Town Hall as a bullet train to high adventure. The real book spy says Code Red feels ripped straight from next week's headline. I read it in one day. I talked to Kyle Mills about it. If you find my iTunes website, you can listen to that interview. But all you'll hear there is that you should read this book. It's actually the kind of thriller that disturbs anyone who reads it. The question is always Mitch Rapp against the bad guys. But the bad guys in this case are both Russia and Syria and cartels. It's quite the read. Go get the number one New York Times bestselling Code Red by Vince Flynn, the Mitch Rapp series authored by Kyle Mills. Available now wherever books are sold or go to my book club on my website at hughhewitt.com. That's Code Red. 
the latest in the Vince Flynn Mitch Rap series, Code Red. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Yesterday, former President Trump gave an hour-long interview to Megyn Kelly. Here's cut number 19, one minute of that interview. Now that Joe Biden's in the office, um, there was just a poll out. 77% of Americans say that Joe Biden at age 80 is too old to be president. Are yeah. they right? No, not not for the reason of old, because I have many friends that are in their 80s. I have friends, Bernie Marcus, that are in their 90s and they're sharp as a tack. Just, I mean, I would say just about what they used to be. Uh, no, not old. He's incompetent. Age is interesting because some people are very sharp and some people do lose it, but you lose it at 40 and 50 also. Uh, but uh, no, he's not too old at all. He's uh, grossly incompetent. You look About at some him, of the great age. You look at some of the great world leaders. They were in their 80s and they did. I mean, Churchill, so many people, uh, they were phenomenal in their 80s. You know, there's a great wisdom if you're. If you're not uh, in a position like him. But if you go back 25 years, he wasn't the sharpest tech. <laughs> All right. I'm going to play more of that. A nine minute clip. In fact, Megan is a wonderful friend and hers is a fine podcast as well. Ron DeSantis was on with Sean Hannity last night. Cut number one. Well, I was the reason I'm in New York is because I got invited to be at the 9-11 ceremony, remembrance ceremony with some of the 9-11 families. So my wife and I got to go and we're looking at the names and they're telling stories. Joe, Joe Biden was in Hanoi. Yeah. And then he went to Alaska or yeah. something like that. And nine, I, you know, I was you know, far away from it. I didn't have anyone I knew, but it was a huge impact on me. I ended up joining the military as a result of that. And I was put myself in a position I could have made a lot of money, but I decided, you know, our country's in conflict. Uh, we don't have a draft, but I'm going to step up and do whatever part I can. And so that kind of put me on the road to, to service. And so throughout my career, I've always put service above self. I mean, I think I am the leader. Uh, I am the vehicle. But ultimately, it's not about me. Uh, it's about delivering for the people that I represent. And in this case, uh, turning this country around, because this country, and you and I have talked about it, it's in decline. Uh, we're uh, in it's, jeopardy. It's scary. We're in jeopardy of being the first generation of Americans who are going to turn over to our kids and grandkids an America less prosperous and less free than what we inherited. And and that would be a tragedy if we allowed that to happen. So we got to reverse the decline. Uh, we need to get America on a different path. And, and that's that's my mission. That's why I'm running. Ambassador Nikki Haley on Fox with Martha McCallum yesterday. Cut number nine. This is incredibly reckless, irresponsible, and just made, you know, America less safe. You look at the fact that Joe Biden just put a bounty on every American's head by giving this deal to Iran. Look, think of all of our, my husband included, military men and women who are overseas. Think of our foreign service um, officers that are in every embassy around the world. Every enemy we have are now going to be realizing that if they take Americans, they can get six billion dollars, too. And you gave it to a regime that says death to America every day. You can't buy friends. You can't pay off enemies. The idea that they did this, they just allowed this six billion dollars to spread more terrorism around the world. We saw this with Obama. Obama gave two planes full of cash. And what did they do? They went and they gave it to the Houthis in Yemen. They gave it to Hezbollah in Lebanon. They gave it to Hamas in Gaza. They put it in Iraq and Syria. We're getting ready to see terrorism go up. 
and you're getting ready to see Americans overseas much less safe because he put a bounty on every American's head. It's un- And here is Governor Chris Christie in New Hampshire Town Hall at New England College last night, cut 11. So are you saying that the Trump family is corrupt? Yes. Sure. I mean, it's, just, it, it, I mean, it's, it's readily apparent. I mean, when you pay your, your son's girlfriend 60 grand out of campaign money to get a three-minute speech, you're using money that people donated to. And by the way, that money was donated by people who wanted to fund him to fight the stolen election. When they donated that money, they didn't think 60 grand was going to Kimberly Guilfoyle to give a three-minute speech. Senator Tim Scott on Fox with Brian Kilmeade, cut number 10. Well, from the smartphone to the locker room to the classroom, we need parents back in charge. If we empower parents, we protect kids. School choice from sea to shining sea. Parental consent for kids under 14 to get on their social media platforms. And most importantly, God made you a man. Play sports against men. (laughs) Cut number 12, Vivek Ramaswamy giving a speech yesterday. And large-scale mass layoffs are absolutely what we will bring to the D.C. bureaucracy, both because it is necessary and it is sanctioned by the law of the United States of America. Now, I am a neutral. I'm in Switzerland, but I just played you the six clips of the six people who have a shot. Uh, I just, I, I've come to the conclusion, I don't know that Vice President Pence has a shot. But I do think that, obviously, former President Trump is the front runner. Governor DeSantis, Ambassador Haley, Senator Scott, Governor Christie, and Vivek Ramaswamy have a shot. Uh, I, I think a couple of those will fall off. But I do think right now, Ron DeSantis is, is the challenger in Iowa. Chris Christie or Nikki Haley is the challenger in New Hampshire. And every one of those people are going to have to coordinate like McCain and Huckabee did in 08. If they want to stop Trump in 2024 the way that McCain and Huckabee stopped Romney in 08. But I don't see that happening. That's my Switzerland assessment. More clips coming up. Stay tuned to the Hugh Hewitt Show. Good morning, glory, America. Bonjour, hi, Canada. I'm Hugh Hewitt inside of Studio North, where I'm hoping Hurricane Lee just goes a little bit further north. Just a bit outside. Because I do not want to deal with more than 60 mile per hour winds. Mary Catherine Ham is not a hurricane veteran, but she do, she's back because she and I forgot mm. because we're broadcast professionals, highly trained broadcast professionals. And so we forgot the number one thing we were supposed to do two days ago. Good morning, Mary Catherine. Hello. How are you doing? I'm getting ready for my run. Hugh. Uh, okay. That's what. And how far are you training this morning? You know what? Uh, I'm training basically just by carrying babies up and down the stairs. But it's good training because they're heavy it babies. It worked. Tell <laughs> the Marine Corps Marathon's coming up. What is your role in this, and who are we supporting? Yeah. So uh, in the interim, before Marine Corps Mar- Marathon, the Travis Manion Foundation, which I'm on the board of, uh, does the 9/11 Heroes Runs. So this is oh. entry level, guys. K run to remember the heroes of 9/11 the 9-11 generation that served thereafter, the first responders in your neighborhood. We have runs all over the country. This is an amazing organization. You will meet amazing people, brave people, people who serve your community. Um, and honestly, the Travis Manion Foundation is something 
that gives, it's a character imparting organization. It's what we want in America. It's something that says, okay, Travis Mannion was this amazing person. How do we impart his love of service for his country to other people? So you can sign up at 911heroesrun.com. You can run, walk it. We're open to everybody. <laughs> Come on down and uh, find one near you because they're all over the country. 911heroesrun.com. You can join me in Oakton, Virginia, and there's a brewery involved. Oh, well, so, that's very intense. What day is the run, Mary Catherine? This is September 17th for my run. They're, they're all over the country at different times in September. So look them up, 911heroesrun.com, and you probably have one near you this weekend or in the upcoming weekends. Now, 9 slash 11 heroes run.com or 911 heroes yeah, just, run. Just 911heroesrun.com. Hit register today and you will find it on the map for you to come join us. And you will never be rid of us, but you won't want to be because they're lovely people. And you're meeting all the people who serve in your community and you're bringing people together. You know, we have this problem in this country where the military is often too disconnected from the civilians. This is a way to get connected to this community and learn all that they do for you and become part of it. Now, as highly trained broadcast professionals, Mary Catherine Ham. We know that you can't say the URL enough, right? So it's 911heroesrun.com. 911heroesrun.com. All one word. Spell it out for the Steelers fans. 911heroesrun.com, right? That's right. Join us. You can do a 5K. I know you can. Don't be scared. Now, Mary Catherine, I was texting last night with our mutual friend, the remarkable Guy Benson. And, you know, Guy's in kind of a football funk because Northwestern is not only bad, they are now in the middle of a corrupt crisis there, right? And they're kind of like Michigan State, and so they're bad. So he didn't want to listen to the podcast I sent him, but I think you need to listen to the podcast called The Podcast, Kings of Columbus, because yesterday Doug LaMarie's and um, uh, Bill Landis did an hour and a half on the era that is ending the college football playoff era. And do you know who won that era just based on records and appearances and generally maintaining your level of performance? You know which team started strong and is finishing strong and is not falling off of a cliff? I mean, I'm going to go against my own. I mean, my own interest says Georgia, but my stats maybe say Alabama. I don't know. No, Alabama has fallen off the cliff. If you did not notice last week's collapse against Texas – it's the Ohio State I mean, yeah, University. It was incredible. Clemson and Alabama have fallen off cliffs. Georgia is rising, but they were not around for the first seven years. They've dominated the last two, but this is the last year and throughout Ohio well, State. I now, know who it is. It's the Ohio State University. The Ohio State University. Yeah. Why did I not know that? <laughs> now, now, the thing that is interesting about this, and it, it affects you as a Georgia fan, Doug and Bill posed the question. It's a great podcast. It's like your podcast. It's got nothing to do with politics. I love this podcast because it's a diversion, and he's a he's got such range. Doug LaMarie's ought to have a national show. He ought to be on ESPN Radio. But Doug laid out, what do fans expect of their program? Why am I a Ohio State fan? Why are you a Georgia fan? I'm an Ohio State fan because I grew up in Ohio rooting for them. You're a Georgia fan because you went to Georgia. But what do we expect? Do we ex- Do we have an un- um, an unattainable expectation for our programs in the era of the portal. What do you think, Mary Catherine? 
Well, okay. So I think a good example of what people want out of the University of Georgia is uh, the tenure of Mark Richt, who was a wonderful head coach, but who nonetheless, during those times, his, his record was overall great, but he was dropping games to Florida on a regular basis, maybe South Carolina on a regular basis. And we were always in that sort of three to eight ranking range and not making it to what you're talking about with the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. Okay, fine. I'll give it to you. Uh, we were not making it up there, right? Any, many other programs would say, he's doing great. Look at this record. Why would we get rid of this guy? But in Georgia, you desire to be in that top level. And if you're not there, then that's going to be a problem. Can that continue during the transfer portal years? I think Kirby Smart has a record of recruiting well and being able to promise those kids that he is there with them for the long haul because he went to Georgia. He wants to be in Athens. And I think that is an advantage for us. Um, so, you know, Georgia's meeting my expectations at the moment with back-to-back national champions championships. We'll see what happens next. Well, I, the, the interesting thing he laid out with Landis, Landis and Leah Marie's laid out, there are 17 teams that they expect to be in the mix always for the 12 playoff spots beginning next year. And one of those teams arrived in the last two weeks. And they spent just a nanosecond talking about Colorado Buffaloes. I am curious. You love college football. You're serious. What do you make of what Dion Coach Prime has done in Boulder, and can it be done anywhere else? Look, I think Coach Prime is a little polarizing. I'm on the pro side. I enjoy him very much. The man is going to be famous forever, okay? So just everybody get used to that. He does seem to be an effective leader of young people, and that is what is required to build something. Now, the question is, does he win – too many games, and then he gets uh, wooed by everyone else. That The question is, I think, and this is why I like Kirby Smart, he wants to be at Georgia, right? And he wants to be there for the long haul. Don't make me eat my words someday, Kirby Smart. But uh, <laughs> Dion could get wooed somewhere else, perhaps, if he doesn't truly want to be in, in uh, Colorado building the Buffalo program. So I think that's the question. Is there a Kirby Smart ain't going anywhere? Ryan Day's not going anywhere. I don't think Harbaugh's going anywhere. I I think that USC is is Lincoln Riley is staying there. There's only one football coach in America who could attack the portal with promises of instant uh, success and therefore money. This is all about money now. We just don't know how much. We don't know how it's working. Who is that man that could take any program and turn it around? I'm just curious if you think like I think. Take any program and turn it around? Yep, but on the virtue of their name. I don't know. You tell me. Urban Meyer, uh, the only college Uh, football coach who could turn around any program. Have you got invaders there? Do you have space invaders coming in? I've got got alarms going off telling me which children to wake up at which time, Hugh. i got to start my training for the 911heroesrun.com by carrying them up and down the stairs and getting them to school. You know, when Genghis Kate visited the door to the studio, she would be dropped off and the door would open, though there's a, you know, do not enter studio sign. And a little head would come around and look in. So I'm sympathetic. Let's close by reminding people. 911heroesrun.com all over the country to benefit the Travis Mannion Foundation, which is genuinely inspiring and does genuine great work. MK Hammer also can be heard at the uh, Getting Hammered pod with Vic. You guys paid a nice tribute to my friend Terry Eason, uh, who died on Tuesday. Thank you for doing that, Mary Catherine. Did you know Terry or just Vic know Terry? I did know Terry. I worked with him, and he was just a gregarious, wonderful person to be around and a kind, kind boss, uh, uh, which, you know, you don't 
get to have so many of those maybe during your career. And he was just a delight. Uh, so he'll be missed. I'll have a column coming out on Terry later today, I think, over at the Washington Post. 911heroesrun.com. Go figure out which of the munchkins are running around and looting the the refrigerator. Um, Affable Teddy, who is now walking, broke into the pantry this week uh, at their new location and got the Pringles. He's one. He's 14 months old. He went for the Pringles. That's my grandson. All right. That's the guy I know. Uh, don't go anywhere, America. Coming right back. Really, there are lots of things in the pantry, and and Genghis Kate taught him well, so he looted it early. Go for the food right away if you want to continue on. And they got him with the Pringles and a very satisfied smile at 14 months. That's my man. Don't go anywhere, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Stay tuned. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt for Birch Gold. Go to HughGold.com or text my name, Hugh, to 989898 to get the free information package on opening up a physical precious metals IRA, SEP IRA, or 401k. To do that, you need an independent third-party administrator. You buy the gold, and the third-party administrator puts it into a vault, and they keep you posted on it, and hopefully you add to it over the years. I want you to know that over the past 100 years, gold kept up with inflation. It is definitely your runaway money. And if you want to diversify, not just stocks and bonds and cash, but dirt and gold, well, the latter two ought to make up at least 10% of your wealth, and some of that should be in gold. I buy my gold from Birch Gold. You ought to as well. Go to HughGold.com. That's HughGold.com. Or text my name, Hugh, to 989898. Thousands of you have made those inquiries. Many of you have opened up those depositories. Physical precious metals, physical gold, the one thing that won't slip away in the night. HughGold.com, text Hugh to 989898. Good morning, Glory America. Bonjour, High Canada. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Good morning to Congressman Michael Garcia, represents California's 27th Congressional District. Good morning, Congressman. How are you? Hey, good, Hugh. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I want to lobby you on air. Uh, I became aware this week of an effort by Major Reich, a retired United States Marine Corps to upgrade the Navy crosses of the three aviators who led the squadrons in the Midway battle to medals of honor. So you're a naval aviator. You know about the lost squadrons. Don't you think they should be medal of honor recipients? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, my team sent me uh, your note, and uh, we're looking at it right now. We'd love to support you any way we can. I was actually watching, uh, I think it was the 1977 movie uh, Midway last night. Uh, and uh, so happy to help. Uh, let me know. Let me know. Uh, what we I will send here. you more stuff. Now, Congressman... Talking about the present, Putin and Kim Jong-un were together in Moscow yesterday. They're part of their new axis of evil. Beijing is the big boy. Iran, those two are the junior partners. Do people in Congress wake up worrying about the fact that we've got very serious enemies who are getting almost as strong as we are? Yeah, some of us do. Uh, I don't know that all of us do. I think some of us are uh, are focused on national security and this uh, very real world that we live in. We've got two giant bears still outside of our tent called China and Russia. China being obviously the bigger threat, like you said. Uh, but the collaboration of nations like uh, North Korea and Russia poses a, 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 a real problem for us. The sum of the parts in this case with North Korea and Russia, one plus one can equal three. You have two now nuclear powers potentially collaborating Um the fundamental problem we have is that we don't give our peer threats. These aren't near peer threats. China is a peer threat. Russia now with its nuclear capability, even though it's in shambles with the Ukraine conflict, is still a peer threat because of its nuclear posture. We don't give them due regard. Um, and, and we need to be engaging these folks. We need to be deterring these folks, putting a boot on the throat of 
Chairman Xi in, in China and being more aggressive. And uh, this administration, frankly, you ask whether Congress wakes up caring about it. I, w- I wake up wondering if this administration, this executive branch, the Secretary of Defense wake up caring about it, because if they are, it's not reflected in their policies and certainly not reflected in their actions uh, or their budget requests. And uh, They do seem clueless. Now, the key thing What's is, Congressman Garcia, you're in a swing district. First of all, would you tell people where California's 27th congressional district is, the cities that you represent? Yeah, yeah absolutely. A beautiful district, North L.A. County. This is Santa Clarita Valley, Granada Hills, uh, the Antelope Valley, Palmdale, Lancaster, Acton, and all would all say so. To my north, I've got McCarthy, and uh, to the south, I've got a sea of blue with guys like Brad Sherman uh, and uh, the rest of the gang there. So I'm the uh, I'm the little round top uh, at Gettysburg, if you will, in terms of California politics. The political little round top is right. Now, my, my question, when you go home to the district, it's a long haul, but you're used to flying. You're an aviator. What do yep. people want to talk to you about? Well, I mean, generally, what, what are they stopping you? Congressman Garcia, do this. Yeah, great question. We actually just had a town hall last week while I was uh, back home during recess. Four hours long, Hugh, and I would say... 75% of the conversation was anchored around uh, the economy or health care. Uh, these are the things that are kicking our butt, especially in California with the, with the overlying uh, policies coming out of Sacramento, uh, really aggravating the macroeconomic indicators we have you know, across the country. We've got it even worse in California. So they want me to fight inflation. They want me to uh, you know, fight this tax beast. Uh, I'm a big advocate for removing the SALT deduction. That's not popular within the Republican ranks, but it's starting to affect more than just California uh, and healthcare. You know, we've got a real issue right now with the with, in, with the with the healthcare workforce. People can't even get appointments. Uh, and in some cases, they can't get health care insurance and, and actually get the, the care they need at the hospitals right now. So these are the issues now. They, 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 the overlying theme is that they, they want security. They don't they don't care about all of the drama in D.C. and the Republicans versus Democrats, left versus right. They just want security, whether it's national security, economic border security, these, you know, social security. Uh, I, I think that the key is that they, they want us to focus on security and not necessarily these these uh, these party dealings. Now, inflation went up last month, 3.7 percent year over year. That's a 0.5 percent spike from the July number. Inflation is not cured. And now the oil is going up, 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 which means gasoline is going up, up, up. Did that come up at the town hall? Yeah, absolutely. Between that and uh, record high mortgage interest rates, right, uh, in in California, the affordability index is uh, at an all-time low. And the issue with inflation is even if you get a a tamer number, you know, on a quarterly basis, it it doesn't mean it's cured. It just means you're accumulating and, and the rate over rate change is slowing down. But uh, we, we now have a fully baked, you know, 22 to 25 percent inflation uh, over a baseline of three years ago. Right. So uh, when, when you compound uh, over three years, this record high inflation, it's backbreaking for the average American. Uh, and, and the salaries, uh, frankly, the wages are not commensurate with the rate over rate change of the index, the, the, uh, the inflation index. So uh, overall, the, the quality of life uh, is going down. The cost of goods is going up. Uh, liquidity is still uh, uh, off the charts because of the spending uh, craze that the Democrats have gone on for the last three years with Inflation Reduction Act, Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill, America Rescue Plan. Uh, so the, the challenge is we still have too much cash going after too few goods. And the average American, especially middle class, lower income families are, are feeling the pain right now. And the energy costs, like you said, are about to uh, come to roost. 
Now, Congressman Garcia, for many years you were under command, uh, you know, as a junior lieutenant all the way up until you took command of a squadron. Uh, you were flying under people's command. So you know what it's like to be under command. Do you think President Biden has what it takes to be the commander in chief right now? No, I, he's never. I don't think he's ever found that uh, commander in chief hat. You know, a president wears several hats, chief diplomat, uh, chief executive, uh, commander in chief. He hasn't found that hat. He doesn't have the respect of his troops. Uh, that that was evident uh, from from Afghanistan on. I mean, th- that was uh, irreparable damage that he caused to our military, to the morale. This is why we see record high uh, uh, or excuse me, record low retention and, and these recruitment challenges. As you know, you in this last DOD budget, I put in a, a, a record pay raise uh, in E1 uh, right now makes twenty two thousand dollars a year. These are the folks that first joined the military. I rewrote the pay tables for E1 to E6 so that it starts at $31,000 a year, which is the equivalent of, uh, you know, $15 an hour instead of $11 an hour, which is what they currently make. Uh, this would this would have been a, a record high pay raise for our junior enlisted. This is where we're having the problem with recruiting and retention. And the president sent us a note saying he was going to veto our DOD bill because of this pay raise. Uh, he didn't think it was necessary. Uh, it's unfunded, even though I found the money to pay for it. It's only about eight hundred million dollars in a in a budget that's eight hundred and twenty six billion dollars. So this is this is in the noise as far as uh, the overall cost. But we're taking care of our troops, and you've got a commander in chief saying, "I don't want to do this now," and he's going to threaten to veto this bill because of this pay raise for enlisted troops. So uh, th- this is I, not I'm indicative stunned. of leadership. I'm stunned. Does no one know? I, I was watching the. Uh... The football game, the Browns game on Sunday with my brother-in-law's retired Marine Corps uh, Colonel Annapolis grad. And there was an Army recruitment ad, which wasn't bad. They, they were terrible for a long time. And we talked about the recruitment crisis. I think the Navy is worse, right? But maybe the Army is. There's a recruitment crisis. And it's because we don't pay the kids. Yeah, we don't pay them. And it's I, I look at it as a, as a three-legged stool. There's There's pay, there's quality of life, and then there's leadership. And and actually, good patriots, solid people uh, will, will still serve if one of those legs is missing. But when all three of those legs are missing, right, and you're not getting good pay, quality of life's terrible with high operational tempo, and, and you're not being taken care of when you're on deployment or at home, and you have terrible leadership in the form of a commander-in-chief and one of the uh, most incompetent commanders-in-chief, but also one of the weakest secretaries of defense that we've seen, and in the Navy's case, one of the most anemic Secretary of the Navy that we've seen. I've got a lot of respect for Secretary Air Force uh, Kendall, um, but but in, at the senior ranks, uh, the, the the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, these are people that are imparting a culture uh, that is not one of deterring and winning wars, but rather the social justice mentality, uh, and their budgets reflected. And and Afghanistan, uh, it wasn't it wasn't just a, you know a small thing that that uh, you can gloss over and sweep under the rug. Afghanistan itself, the behavior of the administration in the wake of Afghanistan, calling it a logistical success. Um, th- this is what makes people want to get out. And I've got very senior officers who were classmates of mine now uh, wanting to get out because this administration and the policies are, are making it impossible for them to lead. And, and they're not taking care of the troops. And to have the commander in chief turn down a DOD budget bill because it's too big of a pay raise for our enlisted troops in the midst of all of this. It's not only heartbreaking, it's it's offensive to me. I, I can't understand it. There's no rationale there that, that actually justifies. It is suicidal, uh, and they like to spend money. 
I can't believe they don't want to spend money yeah. on E one to E six. I just can't believe. Yeah. Congressman Garcia, keep coming back. I hope the twenty uh, seventh congressional district knows what they're doing. Sends you back with a huge majority. Congressman Mike Garcia will be on a lot because he's number one on a lot of target lists for the Democrats. But we're going to keep him in the Congress. Thank you, Congressman. Don't go anywhere, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.